Ian Scotto here, and as you can already see, this is the best of music guests episode of the podcast. And when I was digging through the archives of all the interviews we've done over these past three and a half years, I realized I could not fit them all on here. I mean, we've had on everyone from Edsel Dope to John Dolmayan from System of a Down to Jimmy Allen, original member of Puddle of Mud, uh, Dave Bray. Couldn't fit them all. So this is just, uh, I guess, the first part of the best of music uh, guests we've had on the podcast, and maybe we'll do some more in the future. But getting to relive some of these episodes, really powerful interviews from all these great guests that we've had on from the music world, everyone from singers to DJs to guitarists to drummers. I mean, it's just it's a wide array of people from all different genres, although we mainly have people from the rock world on. And uh, I love doing these. I know Chris does as well. So we plan on doing more rock interviews and, you know, even rap interviews or country artists in the future. Love having them on. Love switching it up. I know we we focus on the special operations military world and the Second Amendment world, but uh, we like having guests on from different parts of life. And as you'll hear from some of these interviews who Although they may not be in the military themselves, they have tremendous respect for the military. So before we get into this, uh, I want to give a shout out to our great friends at Ned. We're actually going to have Rhett Taylor from Ned, from the Ned brand on the podcast coming up soon in a couple of weeks. Love Ned and love what those guys do. They're always traveling all over and really finding the best alternative medicine out there. And when I say alternative medicine, really just the real holistic ingredients that your body needs as opposed to getting prescription medicine for things like sleeplessness or anxiety or any of that. And and one supplement you need to be taking is a great magnesium supplement. So with over 700 five-star customer reviews, Ned's Mellow Magnesium is an instant hit. Nourish your entire body with Ned's proprietary super blend with three forms of chelated magnesium, GABA, L-theanine, and over 70 trace minerals. It propels memory, mood, brain function, stress response, nerve and muscle health, and sleep. And about 75% of Americans are deficient in it. So you got to take your magnesium. I've been taking magnesium supplements for a long time now, before I even was working with Ned. So I was so great that this great company that we partner with put out their own magnesium product and really products because they also have their uh, Mellow Super Blend Latte, which I take all the time at night, and I have great sleep. So Ned's Mellow Magnesium, whether you're doing the latte or just the other product that they have, Mellow Magnesium, that's now available on Amazon, but you'll get the best deal through us as a first-time customer when you go to helloned.com slash battleline or enter the code battleline at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Battle line. Uh, so as you can see, this this episode is audio only. If you're listening on YouTube, uh, we'll be back with video next week. But uh, I was putting this one together and just wanted to get it done and, and do it on my own because I had so much stuff in the archive. So this is an audio only episode. Strap in though. If you've never heard these interviews, you're going to love them. And if you have, let's dig back in the archives and revisit them.
From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City. From planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space. A podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Which is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on Battleline Podcast, and let's start this one off with our latest music interview, which was Natasha Beck from Jigsaw Youth in studio. We talk about her actually finding us and finding Chris Peranto through reading The Ranger Way. When I first met Chris was, at, you know, during the 13 hours time when the book came out and Benghazi was so yeah. a part of the news cycle. For you being younger, like, I don't think you experienced as much of that being part of the news cycle. So right. the way we made the connection was you reading um, The Ranger Way. Yeah, that and was so, cool. Thank you yeah. for that. that so how did, awesome. how did that all come oh, about, though? What made you pick it up? So uh, maybe like two years ago, I was dating a guy who was going to be a ranger and he was at Fort Bragg. I met him in North Carolina. So I didn't really know anything about the whole military life and just like all the things that they go through. And so like dating him, I stayed at Fort Bragg a couple of times and I I just like kind of fell in love with it, the discipline. And he was crazy, but he had the <laughs> ego, but he he needed to because he he had to get through ranger school and, and which he did. Sure. Um so I was like really intrigued. And then even though it didn't work out, I was still like, oh, I could apply a lot of these principles Becoming a ranger, sure. fighting for something, having a passion, having a mission, apply it to my life, which I kind of was already doing, but was drawn to it more. So on my first national tour that I got, which was like, I think, yeah, November, December of 2021, towards the end of the year, I was reading a lot. And um, I picked up that book. I was reading a lot of different. Yeah, I can tell you're an books. avid reader. Yeah, I, I've been slacking a little bit, um, <laughs> but for a while I was like burning through them. So that's the one that I picked up because while he was away, I wanted to kind of learn more about what he was going through. That way I, there could be a connection because I'm, I'm a girl from New York. You know, I'm not a guy that's going to fight wars. Like, you know, how are we going to connect? So I was like, let me let me educate myself. So, um, yeah. And then it just kind of continued through there. So I picked up that and I read 13 hours and I just I wow. loved it. And it was a lot of because a lot of the principles are the same, like embracing the suck. There's a lot of things that come with like working in an industry that's really not easy, especially being a woman. So um, and then just applying it through like everything, just having the discipline to be healthy, have a good like mental state, even if, you know, your surroundings are kind of like falling apart. Yeah. So sure. to this day, I still use those like principles, ah. morals, as lessons. Because it was more of like, I like that you wrote the book where you don't have to be a ranger to relate. It was like, you could be anybody as long as you're relating to like these set rules. You know what I mean? Well, so. I did. That's that's the whole reason when I did write. There was enough cool guy books out there. And, and I, it was like, man, 
I think people need to realize how much we are screw ups and what we, it's, it's just like everybody else. We screw yeah, like up we're so human. much. Yeah. It's just how, and, but what do you do? Do you, that's the only difference I tell people between Ranger seals, Delta, whatever else and civilian population is that it's not that any stronger, any mentally, more mentally tough. And it's just that when we fall down, we pick ourselves up. Right. And everybody can do that. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, I, I, that's where I, yeah, you know, uh, I, I did see that on 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 your your Instagram. Like, man, that's she's really, that's that's cool. And I thought it was because of my face, because yeah, I was it was a pretty good looking picture. I <laughs> yeah, know. I mean, it might have contributed <laughs> to also selling the book. That was a recent one. So if you go back to episode one eighty, you'll hear Nastasha Beck, and this is actually a member of one of my favorite bands, Amir Joshua Travis. He was also in a band called, and I'm not joking, the Tony Danza Tap Dance Extravaganza. And they were a very heavy band. Uh, and despite the comedic name, they actually did have some very serious songs. And that includes a song that they did called Hold the Line, which we get into. And uh, we talk about that because it was a military-themed song with real sound effects from actual warfare. And Joshua also talks about his military fan base and the respect he has for guys who serve and, and guys he has, he's actually worked with in bands who have gone on to serve. So check this out from episode 51, Joshua Travis. And once again, revisiting this clip, I forgot how powerful this was and really reminds me of why I love doing this show. There's always like some type of military connection with what we do because of Chris's background and people we have on. And the one military connection I could think of in your career is Danza 4, right? Hold the line, which was dedicated to service members. How, how did that come about? We would like to take a minute to thank our family, friends, and all men and women serving in the United States Armed Forces. This song goes out to you. Uh, Jesse was uh, always like uh, from a, a, mili a military family. And um, he's like very into that. I mean, I don't know if you know, kept up with Jesse at all, like throughout the years, but like he's an officer now. And uh, like, if I'm not mistaken, he's on SWAT. Like, he's like, you know, pretty, uh, pretty heavy in this stuff. And um, like that song, I don't exactly remember like how or when that was what it turned into. Like, I mean, like we would always pre-pro stuff, but for that one, I don't really recall when it, it may have been in the studio when we were doing the track. But once it became that, it was. Uh, it just got heavier and heavier and deeper and deeper and, you know, into all of the clips and the stuff that I put in the track, like towards the end of it. And like, that was, that definitely struck people in certain ways, you know, um, not always good ones either. personal thing you know and i was trying to give him what he was looking for you know and then once it started you know really fleshing out like what the track was and it came down to the end of the song it was just like 
we have to close this out. We have to close this out properly. And then, dude, that ending is heavy, dude. Like, that's a very, uh, very, very serious thing. And it's like, it's easy to not understand, you know, what, what they go through, you know, not at all. And just hearing that kind of audio is just like chilling, you know, and like some people that may listen to it and they're like, ah, whatever, but this, this is just whatever. And it's like, actually, no, that's not whatever. That's like, that's real. That's not like some scripted movie or whatever. Like that's real audio from real shit happening. You know, like when dude says, you know, keep shooting, keep shooting. It's like, holy fuck. Like that's like, that's very, very real. And like, it just, it just made sense. I was like, what? I feel like that was what it needed to be. It's, it just, it did. It made, it, it, it was what it was supposed to be. And that's where I was really trying to take that, you know, from that whole thing. And Jesse's performance on it was like, much different than a lot of the other tracks. Like he had like different uh, emotional takes in it, you know, rather than just like, I'm screaming and pummeling your face. This one was like, <laughs> this one was like gut wrenching screams, you know, not like the same normal ones. Like there was just a lot more in that track. There's a lot more. And a lot of those peaks and valleys. And like, if you are not afraid to, you know, be open to the emotions, that's a heavy track. Yeah. Yeah. Have Have you ever had military service members say to you, you know, like, hey, your music helped me on the deployment or anything like that? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I don't do I don't ever know what to say to them. Is this just like, dude, that's like the least I could do. What do you mean? Like, where are you right now? You know, like, that's that's what I want to say. Like, don't thank me. Thank you. You know, like, no. What? Who the fuck am I? Like I'm, I'm just here. Have I have this for you? I have this, you know. Like, dude, that's it's invaluable. Like, there's no, there's no words. But I, yes, I've had that numerous times, and every time it's just like, wow, man, wow. And like thinking, like, this is literally the shit that they turn on when shit's about to hit the fan. It's just like, I don't even have words for that. It makes your stomach feel weird. It's just like, damn, dude, this is like like literal life and death situations here. Well, Joshua Travis is not the only member of Amur that we had on and the singer and founder of Amur shouldn't say singer. Cause it's a lot of, uh, it, it's a lot of unclean vocals. As they say a lot of screaming, uh, Frank, Frankie can sing, but, uh, it's not really what he, what he spends his time on in Amur. It's uh, so if you're not into the screaming vocals, it might not be your thing. But I go way back with Frankie from Amur, just an all around great dude. So we had him on as one of the earlier guests from episode 14. And if Amur ever does any newer stuff, because it's been since 2020, I'd love to have those guys back on. But this clip is about manifesting your dreams into reality. Um, but as Frankie says, you got to take action and not just manifest. I just had a vision when I was really young. I very but between the ages of eleven and thirteen is when I discovered I wanted to do be in a band, do music and stuff like that. And my whole thing in my mind was I just want to be on. I just want to be on those stages. It didn't. It didn't matter to me like if Limp Bizkit was there or Corn was there or any of these bands, whatever. I just was like, I want to do what they're doing, and that's that was it. That was that was the only thing I saw actually was just doing that. And so, um, 
I, that never left me. And that just kind of became like my whole mission. And, uh, now it is really, it is really cool to be able to say like, yeah, I go and I play festivals with my, with the bands I grew up listening to and stuff like that. It's, it's a great feeling. I, I can't lie. It's, it's definitely like in, in some ways, definitely still surreal to me that, that I'm doing this stuff, you know, that all these opportunities have been coming in my direction. You know, it's, it's awesome. I, it doesn't, it doesn't like, I'm never like ungrateful. It doesn't escape me at all in terms of what it, what, how I value it and what it means to me still. So yeah, it's a cool thing. I, I don't, I don't want to chalk it up by just saying like, yeah, man, I manifested all of this. I think that's kind of like a weird, like egocentric thing for a person to say, but I've, I've been very grateful for the opportunities I've been given. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, it is a great feeling. I won't lie. It's, again, it's super cool to have my name even somehow associated with, you know, the, those great bands. So it's cool. Yeah. I would just imagine though, there had to be some sort of plan that you were able to make into reality from fiction at one point, because the odds really are or were against you starting out when you think about it. There, Amur is much heavier than all those bands, and there were no bands that were doing what you were doing on on that type of scale until way later on. You know, like I think if you hear the first Amur album, no one would think this is a band that would be playing major festivals with bands that are more palatable to a mainstream audience. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like. It's like I always wanted to be like more accessible, like in terms of like people being interested in the band. I guess you just call that being known or popular or famous, or whatever the fuck. I always wanted that to be an aspect of the band. And through like a series of events, it just kind of like became that, you know, we, we, we made a shift con- kind of sonically, like musically and everything uh, where we kind of elevated ourselves to this place where we were making music that, it's still attributed to the scene that we were in, like with the whole metalcore, hardcore thing. But it also had a little bit more of that, like, yeah, this is bigger than that. You know, this is bigger than the VFW all than, you know what I'm saying? Like it just had that aura about it. And that's kind of the vibe we want, always wanted to give off. Um, at least me for sure. You know, that's always what I wanted to happen. So, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's definitely like a cool, strange thing to see a band like us who, is not really like marketable. We're not like, of you know, a, what's it called? A fucking, I forgot the name of the fucking, we're not like a liquid metal. Yeah. Active rock band. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and I, I like those bands. I like a lot. I fuck with, I fuck with all kinds of music in general, but sure. my, I guess my, my point is that when it comes to like us being in that space, I don't think it's that strange anymore. Like back in the day, like for sure, it would have been like really, really weird when we were first starting out. But now I think that the band has become something that even if you have never heard us before, if you see our live set, you can pick up something from it. You can get the energy from that, which is really all I really want is for people to see us and feel it. That's it. You know, like I don't want people to, I I hate the feeling of watching a band or any artist and the songs are just, they're not like palpable, palpable enough to where like you can headbang to it or you're just like staring at them. Like, I don't know where this is going. I, I like, I like the shit that we serve out to be like inviting, you know? So getting to play in those kinds of uh, arenas and those shows, I think is great for us. Cause I think that we create that kind of energy where like, regardless of whether you've ever heard us before, we want you to be involved in some, in some way, even if it's as simple as just banging your fucking head, you know, that's important to us. Now, we've had some awesome guests on the show in the music world, 
But uh, some of you haven't been listening from way back in 2019 and 2020, so you may not know we've had Ted Nugent on the show. Yes, I mean, that's definitely one of the bigger names we've had on. And unless you've dug back in the archives, if you're not an early listener, uh, it's very possible you've never heard this. So this is from episode 27 with Ted Nugent, if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing. Here he talks about his own self-discipline in music and in life and how important it is to him as well as some of his favorite guitarists. If ever there was a guy who would have been a rebel and started shooting shit into my arm, it would have been me, except that, thank God, I saw these incredible musicians getting high and turning <laughs> to lumps of shit. And I went, whoa, what my dad said is true because I wanted to play this music so tight and so perfect, like James Brown and the Motown yeah. Punk Brothers. And all of a sudden, these stoners were fucking up my music. <laughs> and and I, 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 it was hard to wake them up, and it was hard to remind them of what the arrangement was. And we were so driven by, by James Brown's tightness and the way the yeah. fabulous flames were so on the mark musically that when you're stoned, you can't fucking you do can't it. Do can't do it so i my dad's um um pragmatism and and life's discipline came into a blinding focus in my pursuit of killer music and that bow hunting is so difficult to figure out where a deer's gonna walk and yeah. you have to learn your your relationship with god's miraculous creation in order to get that sacred venison out of the pantry that those disciplines were such a guiding force to my happiness, my fulfillment, that both hunting and music creation, it defined discipline. You can't now I know that Keith Richards is is a is is a rent in that works. Um but but he at least genuflected at the altar of Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley and Little Richard and Motown. And and even though I don't think he ever made a musical statement without being stoned or drunk. <laughs> I, I knew that in my personal experience, the guys that were stoned and drunk, they wrecked the music. They they were hard to get to the gig. They were hard to keep propped up. And I just, I, I didn't invent fuck you, but I perfected it by 66. Um, and if you fucked up with my music, I'm sorry, you're out of here. That's yeah. why, why I'm still, 2019, guys, the greatest tour of my life. If we go on the road in 2020, it will be the greatest, most ferocious fun tour of my life with Greg Smith on bass guitar. Wow. Jason Hartless, 23-year-old monster drummer from Detroit. That discipline brings me supreme <coughs> happiness at the age of 71 and a half. Anybody that doesn't get that, good luck. No, that's that's amazing that you still have that fire and passion to do it. And, and we do hope to see you on the road when all of this passes. You know what I'm wondering? Obviously, from anybody who's been listening, you're a big blues guy. Who would Uncle Ted's top five guitarists be? Say that once again, though. I'm wondering who your top five guitarists would be, and I'm thinking there's a lot of blues guys in there. So, well, yeah, you just—it sounds I couldn't really give you my top five. I could give you my my 15 lists of top fives, and the right <laughs> off the top of my head, I would tell you that Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley, because they invented this stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, certainly the blues gods, Freddie King and B.B. King and Albert King and how Stevie Ray Vaughan continued that emotional authority yeah. of guitar 
uh, uh, spirituality. It really goes deep into the core. It goes into your spine and then beyond into the spirit. And then the Eddie Van Halens and certainly the Billy Gibbons. And there's so many. I mean, Ricky Medlock from uh, uh, Leonard Skinner and my own guitar yeah. player for years, Derek St. Holmes. I mean, yeah. these guys are just monster guitar. Joe Bassamassa. Um, Neil Schoen, I could, I could list you. I mean, I've got to jam with Jimi Hendrix and, and Brian May and, wow. and, and Joe Perry and Brad Whitford and, yeah. and, and Eddie Van Halen and, and Steve Vai and, uh, Satriani, you know, my God, these guys are so fucking good. And, and, and Angus Young from AC. Angus from AC. I could, I could go on and on with a thousand guitar players that I just, I channel all of them when I pick up my guitar, which I did just about a half an hour ago, <laughs> still turns me on like a horny kid in a garage. <laughs> that's that's and, awesome that you still have that passion. And it's and you're talking it when you're talking, you're talking about precision, and that's what I hear when you're talking precision, precision when you're playing, and you have to have a clear head. You have to be able to have that clear mind. Precision when you're shooting. I think people realize that it's, it's one and the same. You, you're precise. That's why you're so tight when you shoot. That's why you can hit a moving target. But then when you play, that's why you're so crisp when you play. Well, that Ted Nugent interview makes for a great transition to talk about the best ammo on the planet because you guys know Ted Nugent is as avid as a, of a hunter and shooter as there possibly could be. So Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with every pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, but you can get it uh, through their website at fsm.com. If you're looking for a dealer near you, just go to the dealer locator on the website. For example, the closest to me is the South Shore Sportsman in Merrick. But to get the best deal through us, you just got to go to fsm.com once again and use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. fsm.com. Promo code BATTLELINE. Go there now. And longtime sponsor, Photonis Defense. Now you can have the superpower to see in the dark with the Viper Binocular Night Vision System by Photonis Defense, which is the global leader in night vision solutions, providing more high-quality night vision capabilities than anyone. Military, law enforcement, and public safety end users utilize Photonis Defense Solutions to give them the edge at night in tactical situations and rescue operations. Hunters, shooters, boaters, and enthusiasts can rely on the Photonis Defense Viper Binocular to help them become masters of darkness. 
The new Viper binocular system carries the same features and benefits as the Photonis Defense Viper monocular with a ruggedized body and harnesses the power of the echo intensifier tubes, giving you sharper images, reduced halo, and industry-leading ultra-fast auto-gating across the range of dynamic operating conditions. This is mil-spec. This is the best night vision out there. Visit photonisdefense.com for more information or look for Photonis Defense product options from your night vision dealer. PhotonisDefense.com, P-H-O-T-O-N-I-S, defense.com. Another great guest we had on the podcast from the music world was none other than Jason Rao from the band Breaking Benjamin. Check it out from episode 125. This is Jason Rao. Because we have a lot of guys from the special operations and the military community that listen to the show. But no, I mean, yeah. it was like, you know, when we had Silvera on and we had... Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, when we had uh, Jimmy Allen on your guys' yep. music. And I'm going to say it again. And people are going to roll their eyes at me right now. The music that you guys played is what kept us in the fight a lot downrange. I mean, I've known breaking Benjamin. I used to listen to red when I was in Yemen and I, and I see that oh, yeah. no, I, I Red's awesome. I mean, you know, they're one of the Christian groups that don't come across as Christian unless you I like, you know, the, but, yeah. but they are, and they, you guys in skillet, you guys in skillet, I got you. I mean, rocket but yeah but you really you breaking benjamin especially it, 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 and i get chills thinking about it. it's just like you're done with an op you put the music on and you feel like you're back home and it meant a lot to so when i see it i was like holy shit we're getting the guy from breaking are you kidding me the lead guitarist i was like ian no way that's man. sick Boy. man that that means a lot because I, I come from and ian kind of knows this about me but i come from a family of just a career military wow, i didn't know that and i'm the first yeah my first first in my family not to be so um I kind of had like carried a little bit of guilt with that. Oh no, no. no. Uh, and like and supporting, so connecting in that sort of way. You know, even on the, like if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be in a first responder or something massive or something. That, that's the only thing I ever else I really wanted to do. Um, but to still have like the connection with the community there and to be able to support in that way, I, I means a lot to me. I appreciate you saying that because that doesn't, you know, go go unnoticed. That that does. Uh, well, and, and you do as a, you do, and you are serving because that's after a bad day what gets you back your mindset or before going out on off i remember getting in the back of suburbans uh, when we first started going into baghdad as a contractor when i was in blackwater mm-hmm. and we had these suburbans that couldn't stop shit but we thought they could but they, we come to realize now <laughs> they couldn't stop a pellet gun but but getting <laughs> just getting your mind and getting motivated like going i play football and call it same thing turn on the music and yep. turn it on Absolutely. turn it on and having the playlist there of me and i were just talking about you having breaking benjamin or see their uh kill switch engage mm-hmm. slipknot ha- have oh, yeah. corn on and and then throwing in some lincoln park because you gotta get some pod and some lincoln park some rock rap in there oh yeah and just all right fuck let's go yeah <laughs> and um that's awesome so it really did you 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 rock bands especially the ones that, that do support us. We know who did, we knew who they are. Like, like groups, mm-hmm. like, like breaking Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Um, they really do serve because they get our minds right before we go out the gate. So we're not that it's fear. It's just, okay. Adrenaline, let's get it going, get it in the right mm-hmm. spot. All right. Mindset. And then when we come back, whether it's yeah. a, you're listening to something that's slow listening to a, a, a like I grew up in the eighties. What did you call me? Help me out with my lingo where this, the slow rock, the rock ballads, I grew up in the eighties, listening to stuff okay. slow. 
the power, the power balance. It's getting back in just yeah. listening. I'm right there with you. I'm an A's kid too. So. I love it. But, um, yeah. but that being said, you know, this, I do have a segue here. I usually, Jason, I'm, I'm, I like talking to get, because I'm kind of starstruck <laughs> with guys like yourself. Um, oh, no. um but well, likewise, um, man, man, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Tell us, yeah, yeah. I guess the beginning. So, and and you kind of already did, but but you know, your military, your, your family's military, and and the decision of why you went to the, why you started playing guitar, and your I shouldn't say playing guitar, why you started be fucking killing it on the guitar. But you know, what what was the deal, and how was that upbringing with your family being in the military and so mm-hmm. forth? I, a lot of our young listeners, and I want to know. I want to know. Screw the young listeners. I want to know. Um, um, <laughs> I appreciate that. The, the wild thing. So I think it's, uh, it's just one of those traits, uh, for better or worse. You know, I think we have this, like I, I have three daughters and I can already see them as they're getting older. My oldest is 13, but I can see their little personality traits and just kind of, well, I've got a creative, I've got a type a, I've got a, a leader, you know, uh, and then I got my just stubborn honorary one. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes those cross back and forth, but uh, so for me, like I started playing guitar when I was about nine or 10, something like that. Um, never really plugged into like the social scene, um, like uh, at school or growing up or high school, never really chased that game too much. And um, music was just kind of my outlet. So I would spend more time playing and listening and trying to reproduce what I was hearing um, than being out and being social sometimes, you know, it doesn't mean I was a hundred percent an inside kid. You know, I, I connected with other musicians and stuff too, but, uh, with the family, um, they were so supportive of things. And I think I can fall back on them because th- their, um, support was always, if I wanted to be in ballet, they would have supported me. If I wanted mm-hmm. to be a carpenter, they would have supported me, but they were able to kind of see the same things. I really want to look out for my kids that at a young age, like, wow, he, he has some sort of passion. We don't know how this materializes. We don't know, you know, what's going to come of this. We don't, because there's being in a band and being a songwriter or a producer, there's no, uh, that's not, there's no degree platform. There's no, yeah. you know, it, it, there, there's not these logical uh, integrated steps that as long as you're doing this, they can get here and you can do this and get here. I mean, there's kids that are, you know, the post Malone story that he was pretty young when he got signed, man. I mean, he had had a couple of failures prior to that, but then he got it and got that perfect team and just took off. That's not everybody's story. You know, um, for me, I, I like to think that I, I made my calculated decisions over the last, geez, 22 years now. So of uh, just like small steps, like you said, yeah. started and, and songwriting started that was always in studios, started with red, went back to studios, the breaking band started picking up again. Um, yeah, and so, with the, what's been cool to see is the military side of my family really just as it's in the same connection that you have uh, being able to feel connected to them in that way, even though I'm, I'm not nowhere near the same sort of uh, career trajectory that they are. Uh, my uncle who, who I'm really close with, he's one of the people I'm closest with as far as my extended family goes, uh, retired full bird with wow. the air force. Wow. Um, you know, dad was in the Navy Grandpa's in the Navy, uh, all over the place. Uncles, um, two Air Force, two Army. Wow. Um, so it, it's it it was one of those those kinds of things. And then um, just being, I, I grew up until I was about fifteen, uh, north of Chicago. Which honestly, you really couldn't pay me to live back there. I love it, but there's <laughs> there's some things that just come with it, and especially with you know first responder culture and um, even military culture that are it's difficult in some of those areas. And we, we've seen that with our shows uh, recently uh, coming back from COVID, you know, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll go out on the road with bands like Five Finger Death Punch, sure. which is huge supporter of the military. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and I even talked to some of those guys just about how certain things have changed. You know, you've got the George Floyd thing. You've got coming out uh, of this 20-year war, how we withdrew from Afghanistan. Yeah. There's a lot of polarizing things that are happening. And so, you know, we'll have songs that we'll dedicate to soldiers or dedicate to first responders. And we've had just people just flip us off and just walk right out. Wow. <laughs> Sorry to offend you, homie. Wow. There's the dog. Yeah. I don't, See you know, it, it really is this weird polarizing kind of thing. And so, again, back to the family thing, to have that kind of respect and that backbone that goes, okay, that's fine. I'm not trying to shove that on yeah. you. I don't hate you for disagreeing where I'm coming from, but this is my story. Yeah. You know, this is where my history is. So, that's uh, all, that's yeah. Awesome, I, man. And you and you yeah. can flip them back off for me if you want to. That's fine. It's, it's hey, this is I, this I, is from Tano. This is friend. from Tano. Now another in studio guest we had way back was Jaden Panesso from the group Siler, uh, and I've been a friend of Jaden since the first Siler show. We talk about that in the uh, interview in its entirety. I don't know what he's up to now uh, in terms of music because he's doing other stuff. I do know that, but Siler has been on hiatus for years. Don't know what's going on with them. Maybe you could uh, go to their Instagram or Twitter and ask what's going on. But I don't know what what's, what the future really holds for those guys. Uh, this excerpt is about Siler landing a song on ESPN for ESPN's Monday Night Football, which to them was like a landmark as it would be for any band. Um, landmark accomplishment, I should say. So check this out. This is Jaden Panesso from Siler. From episode 71. We had a certain set of goals at the beginning, but we exceeded every single one of those goals and beyond. So seeing ourselves on the radio, we were like, oh shit, that's nuts. So when we went in to do the second album, now we have a different concentration. We're like, holy shit, we're actually like doing well on the radio. We're getting all these new fans. And then, dude, it's crazy. I'll never forget, before we went to do our full, uh, uh, our third album, Seasons, we had a weekend session with Eric Ron where a couple of our guys, we flew over to California to write some uh, to write some tracks before going there to write the full album. And uh, that weekend, we wrote the song "All or Nothing." And I'll just never forget we're writing the song and we're sitting there, and I'm like, "Yo." This is a football song. I'm like, dude, this is this is a straight up ESPN song. It would be wild if we could somehow land this shit on the NFL. You fast forward six months later, dude. Like, we we're about to release the album, and uh, we just started our our tour uh, at that time. And I get a phone call from our manager like on a Monday, literally a Monday at like noon, and he's like, dude, dude, we just we just basically got the offer to like be on Monday Night Football for the rest of the year. Like, are you guys down? Blah, blah, blah. Like, we need to, like, say yes now. The day of. How does um, this happen? Uh, it, it happened through our label. <laughs> they pitched it, and the song worked out. Did they pitch it because you came up with the idea? I'm, I'm Honestly, that's a good question. I'm, I'm going to say yeah. Okay. Because, like, I was very passionate about it. I was just like, dude, this is, this is a straight up, like, every time I heard that song, like I could picture it even either in a, like on sports or like a movie about sports and like the, that big scene where like the climax happens and like the football team has to beat like the underdog has to come up and like beat someone. So like, I always, I, I always picture that in my head. Yeah. You know what I've been thinking of? Um, cause I feel like it's been featured in a million different things and it's the same, the same attitude of a song is, uh, that Mike Shinoda Fort Minor song, uh, 
uh, what what is it called again? The first song. Uh, it's it's the one that. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, it's that something about percent. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I just I had the name in my head, and now I'm not think. I'm uh, trying to think. Remember the name. Remember the name. Is that what it is? Yeah, because remember, and a hundred reasons to remember the name. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So that, but like, it's that type of song. I agree. I agree. So that's what was wild, dude. We we got that call, and we were like, okay, cool, and it still didn't feel real. It didn't feel real until like it actually played. I wasn't even watching the game because we. We we just didn't know when it would happen, and I mean, like, yeah, it was there for the full season, but man, when it really hit the first <laughs> time, dude, it was just like wild, dude. Because I, I just remember it played, and then our phones, our socials, every people are calling us, like everything's just blowing up. People are like, dude, you're on TV, like your song is on fucking ESPN Monday Night Football, and that shit is crazy, dude. I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, every, every time it would play on like a Monday night, it was just wild. And now that's one of that will forever be a massive accomplishment for me because I don't know, dude. We were just a fucking bunch of kids with no money from New York City with like a big ass dream in a big ass city where people have massive dreams, and we started out from literally nothing to doing stuff like that, and that's just crazy it's it's insane you know and like that same song has done a lot of cool things for us i mean it's got on like tv shows on mtv and i mean we've gotten like huge people hitting us up about it and it's just crazy dude it's it's wild but as crazy as it feels while you're living it it does feel a lot crazier when you reflect back on it like right now like yesterday like i told you we were talking about it and we're like dude that's crazy like we actually got to do those things you know even doing things like warp tour that was always like my biggest uh one of my biggest dreams and aspirations was just like, dude, I need to play the Warp Tour because I grew up going to it every summer. So when we did get to play it in 2017, it was wild because we didn't just like, we didn't just get on the tour and play it. Like we, we smacked that shit out the park, dude. Like we killed that tour and like we were one of the, you know, I don't know, one of like the artists that was getting a lot of hype on that tour. Yeah. And that's just, uh, I'm just proud of it. I'm proud of my guys. I'm proud of us being so determined to like chase these dreams and, just doing it even though a lot of people doubted us and like didn't fuck with what we were doing we were just like nah we believe in this shit and we kept pushing and it's just really cool to look at those things that we've done in the past couple of years do, do you believe in in you know like these documentaries and books like the secret and like manifesting your dreams and you know like if you imagine it it'll happen because it sounds like a lot of that is like yeah uh i do to a certain extent i don't believe you can just manifest things and just sit back and like watch them happen but i do think when you manifest and you make yourself believe it in your head that it's going to happen it makes you work harder and it makes you just push through all those boundaries and walls that are built in front of you you know so that's what i think happened to us we had such a big dream and i would watch i would watch people do the things i wanted to do and i'm just like dude get out of here i could do this so much better not trying to be cocky or anything but i just really believed in what we had we all did and i mean we put our entire lives on the line for it you know we would just jump on a vehicle and go on tour like for god knows how long any show we got in our hands we would play it and yeah i think uh i think manifesting is a huge thing but i do believe manifesting is big because it makes you want to work harder now if you're old school in a thrash metal you're probably a fan of anthrax one of the big four as they say and yes we had a member of anthrax on the show promoting his book and it was a great book i did read the book in its entirety This is Frank Bello from Anthrax, episode 108, if you want to go back and listen to the full thing, talking about his respect for the military, his lineage and his family for the military, 
and uh, as well as the <laughs> scares going on after 9-11 over the anthrax name. You'll hear this story, so uh, let's get right to it. My Uncle Johnny, who's now passed, um, served in Vietnam. Um, my Uncle Dom did too. So um, I, there's nothing but respect and love and admiration for people that would protect us. That's the bottom line, you know, give their lives for us. And I, I, I love that. Um, any show, any, any service person that wants to come to an anthrax show, please let me know. You're, you know, you're in, uh, that's as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, when they come up to us and say they're, they're mu- our music helped them get through a day, you have to understand how that feels because I know what you guys are doing and thank you for it. Thank you for your service. I want to say it to everybody out there. Thank you for your service for, for making us feel safe. Thank you. Um, you have to understand that, that, makes us feel it, it that's the reason why we do it to make people feel that that what you felt and it gets you through it whatever that whatever whatever that gut feeling that you have that energy that's coming out right there and and it's satisfying that angst in you that's what it means to, to me that's what it, it still does that to me so when i have servicemen come up to us and say you guys got us through with your songs and look i would love to play play some of these shows that we never i know with the name anthrax it's a little bit weird right <laughs> but i would love to play for the servicemen and, and service women i would love that it would be awesome and uh because what's the better thank you than that right but we've never been asked we've never been asked for that and uh we would love to it would be awesome it's interesting because i've heard that from other guys on the show too like we had dave silvera formerly from corn on here and dave silvera is a huge supporter of the military oh. and he's like yeah i would love to play these military bases but we, we never got the opportunity. I know. It's the name Anthrax. I get it. I get it. But <laughs> you know, it has nothing to do with that. It's, we're trying to make a good name, right? And we want to play. It would be awesome. But honestly, we've never been asked. And it would be a pleasure and an, an honor to do that. So, um, you know, the door's always open for that one. So if they change, <laughs> if they get to change that, uh, you know, the ideology of the old Anthrax thing, I'm all in, though, dude. Dude, I still remember um, during that whole anthrax scare when you put out the press release that said we are changing our name to Basketful of Puppies. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're no longer going to go by anthrax. And then I love that shot of you coming out at the show with the weird, we're not changing our names. And that makes me think that was actually, we were talking about Eddie Trunk, it goes full circle. I think that was at the show that Eddie Trunk hosted yeah. with you guys, right? Yeah. It was. And Eddie, Eddie did a great job with that. You know, New York Steel, it was called. And, uh, first responders and it was it was incredible because people were saying you, you know the news was saying you're going to change our names we're not going to that was a scott said it in jest they went on the cnn ticker yeah went all along of course we weren't <laughs> gonna do that, but you know it got crazy for a while there so we came out with these white suits on white jumpsuits and everybody had an, a word we're not going to change our names and the crowd went they erupted enormously it was incredible it was an incredible feeling and uh, even before the show going up to the stage all the all the firemen and firewomen and policemen and police women coming up to us uh, saying, "Don't change your name. Don't make them win." You know, the, it was it was an incredible feeling. It really was. So it was it was it was it was a great night and it was a great cause and it felt really it was powerful, powerful man. That's amazing. I'll have to put up a picture of the we're not changing our names because that's such an iconic. It was awesome. I, I loved it. Yeah, photo. I feel like with the jumpsuits that was so. Still cool. feel it and- when you see that picture. It's kind of cool. All right, and the last interview we're going to highlight for this episode is none other than legendary DJ. You know him from Dr. Octagon and a bunch of other things. DJ Cubert, 
He talks about how it's God working through you during the creative process. Some people are a little bit like they, they can't figure it out, you know, and some people could figure it out. I, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's tough. You know, you tell them something and they don't listen. So, you know, but, uh, you know, this is for the people that will listen. You know, like the universe is there to work through you, you know, to help you. Sometimes I'll, I'll make music and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to, where do I start? Where do I start? It's kind of like you're kind of not doing it in the first place. It's kind of the universe is working through you. You know, it's like it's like uh, people that are like, I, I invented this. I invented that. Just I made this up. I used to be like that. But it's not really like that. It's God is working through you. You know, so you kind of like just got to you just got to start and things will magically happen. It really works like that. I swear it really does. Uh, sometimes it, it won't, but you know, you just got to keep on experimenting and it, it will, you know, it's like, it's almost as if you got these guardian angels behind you and they're like, um, all right, let's start. Let's start. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make something for you, but you got to like move your body to make the angels work through you, you know? Uh, and so, uh, it just, for me, that's for me. Everyone else is like different, but for me, that's how it works for me. I'm like, the other day I was looking at my, my drum machine. I was like, damn, where do I start? Where do I start? And I was like, I, I keep on, I got to slap myself and be like, it's, it's not me. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a higher force that, that's making it happen. You know, and it's like, it sounds silly. It sounds all like woo spiritual and all that, but it, it's for me, it works. And the proof is in the pudding. I got a lot of shit done by just letting, just letting it flow. Just, just go, just practice, just make a beat. Stuff just starts to happen magically. I swear to God, it just does it. Yeah, and sometimes that's a humble way of looking at things, to not look at yourself as uh, this creator of, of whatever it is that you've made. It's that God has given all of us a certain talent, and we need to discover that and use it to the best of our ability. Yeah, it's it's a, a, a Mug, DJ Mug said it the best. He said, um, he said, you got to respect your art. If you don't respect your art, everything everything falls apart. And that, that was one of the biggest uh, uh, inspirations uh, that I got. I'm like, oh, shit, I better respect my shit or else, you know, the bills don't get paid. You know? Or if you're, you're, as an artist, you don't blossom. It's like a flower, right? You, you, or, or whatever. It just keeps blossoming, continuous blossoming. You know, and if you stop that blossoming, if you stop feeding that plant, you know, the, um, the nutrients or, or honing that, uh, uh, taking care of that, the growth, it's it's uh it's just gonna stunt it and, and you know it's like it's almost like the what do you call that the rabbit and the hare, you know, like the tortoise and the hare, yeah. The hare, yes, just it, it goes and you know, but the rabbit's like, ah, I'm I'm good, I already invented some shit, I'm gonna take a nap, and all of a sudden after a while the freaking you know, the tortoise passes you up. You just gotta, you know, place a brick every day, place a brick every day, and after a while you have a freaking castle. Yeah, I and I'm sure you've heard this time and time again for me with my thing with podcasting is it's I get asked all the time, how do I start? What should I do since this is what I've been doing? And I'll give people tips, but I've seen it where I, I, I give people the, the best of what I can. And then a year later, they're like, yeah, I'm still thinking of starting this podcast. With the- <laughs> you, you just got to make it happen. And I'm sure you've probably heard it from someone who wants to put out an album, wants to DJ and... A year later, two years later, nothing. You just got to go, man. I, I was having a talk about Mick, with Mixmaster Mike from the BC Boys the other day. Um, he's also in my crew, the Invisible Scratch Pickles. We, we're going to start working on He's another, amazing. Yeah, we're going to do another album pretty soon, uh, another Invisible Scratch Pickles album too. 
Um, anyway, I was talking to him the other day. We were talking about how like to get you know to get motivated. And Mixed Master Mike said, "It's a fight, bro. It's a fight. Some days you don't want to do it. You just gotta fucking let's go, boom, boom." And and, and that's also motivation too. You know, you know, you gotta just. I think I've I've mentioned this before on previous episodes of the podcast, but I'm a huge fan of uh, the artist David Show. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, sure. Um, amazing, yeah. Yeah. So he did this amazing podcast, which you guys could look up if you're listening. And I think, I, once again, I've referenced it before. Uh, he took it down, but it's on YouTube if you look up uh, How to Be a Master of the Universe, David Show. And one thing he said that resonated with me is he said, inspiration or no inspiration, you got to get there and create. He's like, I don't care if you're in a black room with no lights, nothing else going on. If you're a true artist, you're going to create. And he's like, you might get home from your de- your day job. He's like, you want to jerk off? You want to watch The Simpsons? You want to play video games? He's like, cool. All of that is great. But you know what? You're not a fucking artist. If a real artist wants to create all the time, inspiration or no inspiration. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, I, I, uh, when I get stuck on video games, I freaking I freaking take that video game and I'll fucking hide it and shit. Or I fucking... <laughs> I like sometimes I'll be like, damn, what the fuck am I doing? I'm, I've been here for like couple days now i'll seriously like just hide that shit because that's that's like that's a i mean it's cool to relax and get away for a little bit but but you know it's it's, uh i and i started looking at my music as a video game now like life is a video game it's like okay if i if i can be this freaking good at that video game imagine if i took all that time and and thought of this as like as also you know you're playing as well uh what you're doing uh, as an artist and that does it for this episode of Battleline Podcast. Once again, if you haven't been following on Instagram at Battleline Podcast or on Twitter at Battleline Pod or listening to recent episodes, you might not know that episodes are now going live on Tuesdays instead of Monday. So uh, bookmark that and you know keep note of it. That's when the episodes go live, whether you're listening on uh, your favorite podcast platform or watching, because we usually do a visual on YouTube. Uh, You'll hear the new outro here. We're going to have a new intro soon. We've got a lot of great guests in store. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's been a while since we've had one, and it would really help our ranking out. So if you're still listening, we appreciate it. Go to Apple, leave your review, and we'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode. That's all for this episode of Battleline Podcast. But we're always posting new content on social media. Follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. That's an order. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes up every Tuesday. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. Believe in yourself. Face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit.